Hello, Patriots. Welcome to the Patriot Review. We're going to talk about some very serious things today. We always do, but this one is particularly disturbing. I have special guest Diego Rodriguez, who's going to join us. He's from freedomman.org. But before he joins us, I just want to lay the foundation here. Uh, we know as Americans, as I said, we strongly believe in the founding principles. We know that America has made many grave errors and committed some very nasty atrocities, such as slavery. We fully admit that, but we have the understanding that at those times, it wasn't the foundational principles that were lacking. It was our inability to follow those principles. So those principles are not negated by past actions. Those are called failures of upholding the principles, not following those Judeo-Christian values. The Judeo-Christian values themselves still are worthy of constantly striving towards uh, improvement and perfection. We know that, as I said, we don't always succeed in this. Over a decade ago now, there's a Georgia senator named Nancy Schaefer who exposed Child Protective Services and our government's ability to legally kidnap our own children for profit. In return for her reporting on this topic and speaking out on this topic, she lost her seat, but more importantly, her and her husband were found murdered. And I believe, along with many, that she was murdered because this is at this was at the time a $40 billion industry. I'm going to show you the first part of a presentation that Nancy gave in Amsterdam. And we'll come back briefly and then we'll move on to Diego. Take a look. Nancy Schaefer, and um, I'm from the state of Georgia in the United States. And um, thank you for your gracious invitation to join you tonight. And uh, thanks to all of you who have made this incredible World Congress of Families number five in Amsterdam possible. It's a privilege for me to join you tonight and uh, to be with you in some pro-family uh, policy here. Uh, I will share with you on the unlimited power of Child Protective Services. I served in the Georgia State Senate, and after four years of viewing the ruthless and unsparing actions of Child Protective Services, also called CPS, which I will use tonight, I wrote a scathing report entitled, The Corrupt Business of Child Protective Services. <laughs> Thank you. The report cost me my Senate seat. Here's some copies of the report, if you'd like to get one. However, there are causes worth losing over. And this is one. I'm going uh, uh, to talk about some of the problems and then some realistic maybe solutions uh, for families and children and uh, maybe look to some steps that we can take. This is not to say that there are not those children in wretched situations who need to be removed. There are, and we all agree. But tonight, I'm talking about those children removed from their homes intentionally for profit. Children are seized unnecessarily from their families due to the federal aid created in 1974 entitled the Adoption and Safe Families Act. It offers financial incentives to the states that increase adoption numbers. To receive the adoption incentives or bonuses, local CPS must have more children they must have more merchandise to sell. Funding is available when a child is placed in a foster home with strangers or placed in a mental health facility 
and medicated, usually against the parent's wishes. Parents are victimized by the system that makes a profit for holding children longer and bonuses for not returning children to their parents. This is abuse of power. It is lack of accountability. And it is a growing criminal political phenomenon spreading around the globe. Oftentimes, but not always, poor parents are targeted to lose their children because they do not have the wherewithal to hire an attorney or fight the system. Being poor and lacking proper housing does not mean your children should be removed. CPS has redefined poor to mean psychologically inferior. Therefore, it is in the best interest of the child to be removed. Best interest, of course, has also been redefined at the child's expense. It has been reported over and over that six times as many children die in foster care than in the general public. Once a child is legally kidnapped and placed in official safety, the child is far more likely to suffer abuse, including sexual molestation and or rape. Case workers and social workers are often guilty of fraud. They withhold and destroy evidence, and they seek wrongly to terminate parental rights while being protected by state immunity. There is a huge bureaucracy made up of judges, court-appointed attorneys, guardian ad litems, social workers, state employees, court investigators, therapists, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, foster parents, adoptive parents, and on and on, who are looking to the children in state care for their job security. Judges have control over private living arrangements and income of 48.3 million Americans. The United States Census Bureau reported in 2002 that 40 billion in transfer payments were made between households of custody parents and other parents. That money, 40 billion, is under the direction and control of family court judges. In environments covered with confidentiality laws that protect the wrong people. Fathers are victims of this unjust system. Child support payments, even without having visits with their children, are choking the very life out of fathers. Three fathers, of whom I am aware and have been in touch with, committed suicide in the last 12 months because they lost the opportunity to even visit with their children. So that, as I said, is just part one of a longer video that's available on YouTube. I will also be posting uh, the content and the report uh, on the Patriot Review website, which is redbloodedpatriots.com. That's redbloodedpatriots with an S.com. You can join for free and you can uh, take a look at uh, our videos and other resources that are on the page, and I will be working on growing that resource list. So if you have something in particular that you would like to share with people, shoot me an email at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. Bring it to my attention so that I can put it on there. Uh, I would love to do so. You can also sign up for paid memberships, which is greatly appreciated. Um, it helps me keep going and uh, keep, the sh keep the show going and bring you some great guests as we have over this past year or so. Uh, so please do that, check it out. And we are going to now go to a commercial quick and I'll be right back with Diego as promised.
like to welcome to the show Mr. Diego Rodriguez. You are from freedomman.org and you are uh, the communications marketing director and you have a story that if my viewers haven't seen or heard of you yet, many will probably find it to be hard to believe uh, and some thanks to the past couple years of the light being shown on just how corrupt our government can be, uh, won't doubt it for a second. So why don't we start from there? If you would uh, just share with us what happened as if you know, you're know you telling the story for the first time. Okay, so uh, for the very first time, I guess I'll go back to the very beginning um, and I'll try to do it as quickly as possible. Even though I recognize some people when they hear me tell the story, um, are not going to believe it. And if it wasn't filmed on video, I think most people just still wouldn't believe it because we're still so groomed to believe that government is altruistic and police officers and law enforcement and CPS um, only do the right thing, only take care of people, never harm families, never harm children, are only interested in the safety and well-being of the community, which nothing could be further from the truth. It is exactly the opposite of everything I just said, but we've been groomed as a society to believe that. So to make a very long story short, um, my daughter is uh, Marissa. She's married to Levi. They have a 10 month old baby boy who actually now is, he's 11 months now, uh, but this took place about three weeks ago. And so he was 10 months then. And he was exclusively nursed, breastfed all the way up until about seven months when they started introducing some solid foods to him. And when they did so, his body didn't take to it very well. He started to throw up and he got better you know in a couple of days and they thought it was fine or everything was fine uh, about a week later he started throwing up again and this began a cycle and this was a cycle that they then started going to doctors and to uh, clinics and places to try to figure out what in the world is going on with baby cyrus why is he keep throwing up um well this went on for you know almost three months where he would throw up and then he would be better for a week and then he'd be throwing up for three or four days and be better for a week and they tried to do as much good as they can in that week and try to get him into doctors and clinics and different places. And ultimately, um, he ended up at a uh, at a clinic that was here locally called Functional Medicine of Idaho, where there was a nurse practitioner who, for whatever reason, and we can all have our, our guesses as to why, but for whatever reason, this nurse practitioner felt it necessary that when my daughter called one morning to cancel an appointment because she woke up feeling sick and it was a weigh-in appointment, to check the baby's weight, he called CPS on them. Now, the average person, when they hear this, is like, well, nobody ever calls CPS on anybody unless there's the child's in danger and there's something terrible going on. And I wish that was true, but it's just not. Um, this is what we found out over and over and again, is that too many people are connected to the system and they call for the most, for no reason whatsoever in many cases. But in, um, in this case, it was because of a missed appointment. And that started a cycle of events that just went from bad to worse um, that ultimately ended up in in that night. Police officers literally after they they, they missed an appointment, CPS was called and then CPS reached out to my daughter via text message. Uh, she didn't respond to that text message because she was sleeping. So an hour later, police officers show up at my door, knocking on my door which is not where Marissa and Levi live. Obviously, they have their own place, but they had my address on the paperwork, so they came to my house looking for Levi and Marissa. They weren't there, so when they weren't there, um, they made all types of ridiculous assumptions. They assumed that I was hiding them out in the back room and that, that they were there and I wouldn't give them access to it. They wrote up in a police report to get a warrant to break into my house to go Good looking Lord. for Levi and baby Cyrus. And later that night, when we went out on a family dinner to a friend's house, who was a police officer, excuse me, a former police officer, because Marissa wanted to talk to him because he had invited us over for dinner. She wanted to talk to him after a day's events where you're being threatened by CPS and police officers, even though she wasn't 100 percent feeling better. She's like, I'd still like to go see Ed because, uh, well, one, we were moving. So our family was going to move. Levi and Marissa were going to be here by themselves. And so our friend Ed had invited us over like as our last dinner as a family and as a friend before we moved out of state. And so Marissa's like, let's go ahead and go because, you know, it'll be our last dinner together. And also I want to talk to Ed because he's a he's a former police officer and I want to get his perspective on what in the world happened today. And so um, in that period of time, the police had got a bolo out on Levi and his truck, which means be on the lookout. Yeah. So the entire uh, county was looking for Levi's truck. They saw his truck parked out. 
front of a friend's house and they literally parked out and waited for hours while we were there and once he left sure enough they pull up behind him and multiple cops come over here i don't know where you're at but idaho is world famous for having some of the most heavy-handed abusive tyrannical cops and you know there's they're just bored here they got nothing to do because there's no crime so what happens when you have this overinflated budget everybody worships and idolizes you and there's 10,000 more of you than there need to be you know when a 70 year old man does a rolling stop five cop cars pull up to to arrest him see yeah, well, why did you yeah. do that and so here we had 15 to 20 cops we'll have to cop count them but you know you can see in the video just an absolute excessive amount of force and response um to a young couple 21 years old with a 10 month old baby that they're going to kidnap and take out of their hands and so at this point it goes from bad to worse and they they pull over levi in the truck they rip him out of the truck throw him up and smash him against the truck assault him put him in handcuffs throw him in the in the back of a squad car my other daughter who is not cyrus's mom who is cyrus's aunt um she's sitting in the front of the truck they're yelling belligerently at her to get her ass out of the car and then they stick their hand in the window start pulling her out through the window and so she's like okay okay i'll comply um, but they're yelling at her to get out of the truck and she says why what crime did i commit see she knows her rights and knows that mm -hmm. they can't arrest her for no reason um but again police don't obey the law don't obey the constitution don't obey state constitutions don't care about the law they just care about their own power and they just love to exercise tyranny and power over the people so ripping her out of the car the truck rather and while they're pulling her out she goes what crime did i commit they won't answer her until finally they're ripping her out and as she's coming okay okay I'll, I'll come out they say well felony injury to a child she says felony injury to a child that's not my child so then they said well you they put her under arrest for felony injury to a child she says it's not my child and when she says that he says well now uh, you're uh, you're under arrest for lying to an officer falsifying information to an officer and she's not the mother so they're just absolutely acting like tyrants. They grab her, handcuff her, throw her in the back of the squad car, a different squad car. And then they see they go and open up the back door to the truck and they see, oh, my daughter Marissa is in there with the baby. And then they realize it completely screwed up. But they're too but too big they're of too a far down the road there to admit it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And now they have they've falsely arrested my other daughter, placed her under false arrest twice, assaulted my son-in-law under color of law for no reason whatsoever. And multiple police officers and attorneys and others have watched these videos. I don't know if you've watched the video at all, but there's. I will show it. I will show What's it here. Okay. They've just broken the law repeatedly. Um, and if you want to show it, maybe we should just have you show it right here instead of me telling the story because most people are just not going to believe it. So if you've got that like eight minute long video and it has the captions on it so people can follow along, maybe it's just best. I'll do that. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll definitely include it. We'll go to that right here. Okay. No, I'm not moving. For what reason? What crime did I commit? 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 No, do you know? No, Miranda, let them. Miranda. I'm getting out. I'm getting out. Let me get out. Hang on. I will step out. Get out of the car. Try to get out of the car. Dad, it's okay. Dad, it's okay. For felony injury child? That's not my child. That's not your child?
you'll ride with him in an ambulance. We'll take you to the hospital, okay? You too. We, we're worried about him. Make sure he's okay. I know. So come with us, okay? And let's take him to the hospital and get that checked out, okay? Please don't, please don't take him. I won't take him. I'll stand right here with you. Can I hold him while you do what you have to do? Oh, no, because they better check you real quick, okay? Can they check me while I'm holding Not him? Please. Want you to drive. I no, stand no, right I know they can you. do it. I know they can do it. Please don't let me Come let go on. of him. <laughs> no, we're taking him to the hospital, but, but you won't take him from me. Well, our intent is to get him looked up in the hospital. Okay. Our intent is not to take your child from you. There'll be a shelter care hearing, okay, on Tuesday, and that's that's a hearing you'll that that's a hearing you're going to want to go to, okay? The shelter who care makes, hearing. Who makes this decision? Will be at one o'clock p.m. Do you know who makes this decision? Uh, makes what decision? That he has to go to state custody. Here, well, yeah. the, we have. You have. Based on what the doctors have told us. I, I can't okay. Say. We go off of what all the information we can get from doctors and and all that. I, I can't. I'm not going to leave him. I'm not. I'm not. This is this is how it's gonna go, okay? No, do you do you understand? He, just, he's my baby. I'm listen, not gonna leave listen, him. Marissa, I'm trying to explain this to you, okay? So there will be a shelter care hearing on Tuesday at one o'clock, okay? And you're gonna want to attend that, okay? And that's what that's what your part of this is, okay? That's your next step in this. We we have no. Nobody wants to take people's children away from them. We want to get the child you, back to you, you in a do. healthy state. No, we want to make sure that kid is healthy. We want to get these kids healthy. Why can't I be with him while you're doing the medical work? How am I in danger to him if I'm just watching and I'm with him? Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and go with just what I just told you, okay? So you're going to so take is, him? No. This, listen, no, this can't. is what, what we're going to do, okay? So this is this is your copy. You're going to want this. I, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm not going to leave him. Well, this is how it's going to be, okay? I can't, I can't leave him. I can't leave him. I'm sorry. Guys, I, I can't. You understand what happens when, when the state takes custody of babies? I've seen this so many times. I can't. I can't be that next person i can't okay so this let me let me explain this to you okay this is not my case this is detective fuller's case okay but he has made he has made the decision to declare imminent imminent danger okay so i really don't want to make this worse on you i would like to get him the help that he needs right now okay but that is going to entail that he goes with us in the ambulance no and, and you leave if no it doesn't happen then we we arrest you. The officer told me that he, I could go with him in the ambulance into the hospital. Yeah, and I don't know what was said before then. I was I was not a part of that conversation. You can't you can't okay. take him. You can't. Okay. <clears throat> Can you help me out here? Please. My concern today is for him. I know okay, your concern is for sure him, but I don't okay. cause him any harm by being with him. Okay. Cam, his mother. And you, what you also understand is he only, he has difficulty with proteins. He only takes breast milk. Okay. He needs me. He really needs me, okay? I really need your help. Like I told you, I'm, I'm not the lead detective on this, okay? So I'm, I'm here assisting. Is she going to go? What are we waiting on? Yeah, let's. Thank you. All right. So, Marissa, I, I need you to hand over the baby to the ENT. I, okay? I won't. I won't. Marissa, I really don't want you me to go to jail tonight. I don't But I'm telling you, if you don't allow this to happen, you're going to jail. For how long? That's not up to me. But I. I 
you will be placed under arrest if you do not comply with what we're asking you to comply with. So if you could please hand him over so he doesn't have any further harm for us having to try and take him away from you. I promise him I won't let him go. And, and I understand that, and you'll have a chance to get him back at some point, okay? The state's all about reunification, but no, right but now, they're not. we need to move this, okay? And, and I really don't want to have to forcibly remove him from you, but if that's the case, I will do that, and you will go to jail. So you have one option at this point. You need to give him to the EMT, and you can go on your merry way with your friends and your family who's out there. That's not merry at all. Or... I remove him from you and you go to jail. You need to make that decision. You need to make it now. I won't let him go. Okay. Go ahead and jump out of the way for me. What's the charges? What's she being charged with? Are you in charge here? Who's in charge on scene? The gentleman with the paper? Can you explain to me what her charges is? Why not? Why not? There goes the baby. All right. So as you can see there, in addition to everything I already said, in addition to that, they lied to Marissa. They ripped the baby out of her hands. They handcuffed her. And then afterwards, to add insult to injury, after they kidnapped this poor, innocent little girl's son, which is my grandson, then they have the gall and the nerve to put her in handcuffs, and this pervert is sniffing her like Joe Biden, molesting her, groping her entire body, puts his hand up her shirts, uh, up her blouse, and around her inside of her pants and around her waist for no reason whatsoever other than he's a pervert. They want to claim, oh, we have to pat her down for security's sake to make sure she doesn't have any weapons, but they already did that previously when she got out of the truck. This is just perverse. This is filthy. These cops are tyrants. This is abuse. And now they've kidnapped my grandson, and that was the end of that night. And so was, that's there, was there a history before this with you None. and your family and the law enforcement officers? No, with the law enforcement officers, officers yes. With the uh, the health of the child or CPS, no. So law enforcement, the history is that uh, there was the same police department, the exact same police department, Meridian Police Department here in Meridian, Idaho, which is just right outside of Boise. Um, last year, actually two years ago in 2020, right when the first COVID lockdown happened, uh -huh. there was a mother here in Meridian who went to the park during the lockdown and there was an abusive, tyrannical cop from the same police department who arrested her for the crime of being at the park with her daughter. So <laughs> we, she saw got too, arrested. we saw way too much of that in America. And you know what? I'd, I'd invite any of the law enforcement officials onto the show and explain these actions. So if you're out there and you're watching this, you can uh, just email me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com, and I'd be happy to hear how you justify this. So what are what have you been told about the justification for these actions that you're describing? It's absolutely ridiculous and disgusting. So this happened. We were one of the first places. It was a national story. You may or may not remember it was back in I believe May of 2020. It's a national story because this was also filmed, and they arrest this poor woman for uh -huh. being out there. So when that happened. Um, there was a whole bunch of patriots, probably a hundred of us, who uh, immediately, within hours, went to the police officer's home and protested out in front of his home. We pressed, protested out in front of his home uh, with Ammon Bundy showed up as well. And he actually had written up a redress of grievances that they had another officer who was out there defending the house uh, actually post on the front door of this officer. And so we know from that moment on that uh, myself, because mm -hmm. I was the first one on the scene and I was there kind of uh, I wouldn't say directing, but I was just there with the group in the crowd. And Ammon is a close friend of, of mine and the family. And so uh, they look at him as though he's some type of anti-cop uh, militant, which is totally false. Nothing could be further from the truth. However, he has been attacked unrighteously, illegally 
by law enforcement agencies, multiple ones, and he was acquitted of all charges and they were embarrassed because they were publicly shamed for breaking the law. The law enforcement officers demonstrated to the whole world that they were tyrannical, criminal, lawbreakers, rejecting their oath in the Constitution, and Ammon Bundy is the one who showed it to them and demonstrated to the whole world. And so him being a close associate of ours and our, you know, us being close associate with him and then uh, protesting there in front of that police officer's house, we know that these are all things, including many of the ways we fought back against tyranny during the COVID lockdown years, kind of put a target um, on our back for for all yeah. of this. Yeah. God forbid you believe in the Constitution and individual freedom and liberty, right? I mean, that's God that, forbid that gets, it. You, that gets you in trouble now, especially if you speak out. But and God forbid that uh, young people don't believe in vaccines, yeah, uh, right. vaccine mandates, and things of this nature. That that also that's, plays into it as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a gene modifying serum. That's a bioweapon that that they're literally exper experimenting on people uh, without regard to consequence. But that's a whole nother topic. So. I know that you talked about this uh, protest out in front of the officer's home and then that, and you can verify this is correct, that instead of looking at the issue, they merely you know, passed a, a law or uh, regarding not being able to legally protest out in front of a law enforcement officer's home. Is that correct? I, um, could you say it one more time, Jeff? You actually broke up there, right? You said uh, you said something about I, I know that you talked about the uh, yeah. So well, I, actually, I missed the whole thing. You broke so, up. So so you uh, I've seen where you have said, and I want you to verify this: that instead of the law enforcement officials looking at your incident and and correcting it uh, when you are out there protesting, instead of doing that, they actually passed an ordinance basically that you can no longer protest out in front of a law officer's house. Is that how that went? Okay. So what, uh, sort of, so what happened was instead of the legislators who were in session, cause our legislature was in session when all this happened three weeks ago. So we went out and started protesting. So what happened was once baby Cyrus was taken immediately, the next day we started protesting in front of the hospital and people started protesting in front of the detectives who kidnapped baby Cyrus in front of their homes. So they were protesting in front of their homes and some other people who were connected to the kidnapping case protesting in front of them as well. So there were several legislators who came to the defense of baby Cyrus who spoke up saying this is wrong. We need to change this in Idaho. We need to fix the law here in Idaho. And some legislators drafted a bill to prevent this type of what is called medical kidnapping from taking place here in Idaho. But our alleged, you know, our, our leaders in the legislature shut that bill down. And instead, they somebody else, a bunch of rhinos over here, a bunch of leftist statist rhinos drafted another bill uh, that they tried to ram down quickly, which was exactly what you said, to prevent protesting in front of the homes of government officials. Wow. And so they introduced that. They, they tabled the one that would protect children. They put that in a drawer so nobody would uh, have a chance to vote for that. But they did bring out to the committee a, a draft of a bill that would prevent these very protests from happening. Fortunately, it was too late in the legislative session. It didn't gain any traction and it died as well. But that is Good. exactly how they responded and what they attempted to do. Well, you know, that's just obscene. And, uh, you know, I can see... I can see having legislation that says, you know, you can't you can't protest violently, you can't do property damage, you can't do this and that. But how many times have we seen over the past more than a decade now the left protesting in front of politicians' homes, protesting, you know, in front of uh, any anybody who stands up to the leftist machine that that is our government today? We well, and the funny time. thing is this. When the leftists do it, it is violent, and the news right. media and everybody protects it like it's okay. Right. When patriots do it, it's never violent. It's the most peaceful thing you've ever seen in your life, but the news media and everybody covers it as if it's, you know, everybody out there is Timothy McVeigh waiting for the opportunity to blow somebody up. Right. And it's absolutely insane and it's absolutely absurd that they act and respond that way. But you're 100% correct. And there doesn't need to be new legislation because violence right. is already against right. the law. Right. Property damage is already against the law. Right. All that's already against the law. Important they, to point out here as well that Timothy McVeigh was not a was not a uh, a Republican or or a right a right 
uh, far-right individual. Now, you and That's I right. are probably considered domestic terrorists because of our beliefs. But, Absolutely. Um, so you believe in the Constitution, and so yeah. do I, so we're domestic terrorists. So let's talk about um, what you have going on legally now. What is your what is your response to date? So here's what we need to bring to everybody's attention in your audience, and then I'll explain where we're going from this. Okay. Um, this happened obviously very recently, just three weeks ago. Baby Cyrus is still considered in the legal uh, that he's con still considered to be the legal property of the state of Idaho. They look at him as property and that they own him. He was given back to the parents. So he's here with the parents right now in uh, the apartment where I'm staying with him at. Excellent. And that is only because we protested nonstop and made them uncomfortable. We made the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare uncomfortable. We shut down their phone system with so many phone calls of thousands of people around the country. So many emails, thousands of people around the country. We had loud protests and demonstrations in front of the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare building every single day, um, exposing their corruption repeatedly. And it was such a, you know, a sore for them, such a, a black eye that they received in the public that they didn't want baby Cyrus anymore. They wanted to get rid of him. And so they got him back, but still with their clutches on him and still claiming to own him, essentially. Uh -huh. So uh, in this process, what I learned is what all your you know, listeners and viewers need to know. I was unaware of this, Jeff. And now only because I've gone through it, I've learned that this is true. What people don't understand about CPS and what people don't understand about this Department of Child Protective Services, which is called something different in every state, but everybody knows what CPS means. Right. Is that this agency, organization, whatever you want to call it, first of all, is not even government oriented. This is a private corporation. CPS is a private corporation. And the second thing that people don't understand is this entire operation is a for-profit corporate operation that is state-subsidized child trafficking. And I know that sounds inflammatory. And people are, oh, that sounds crazy. I will prove it. The definition of child trafficking is kidnapping a child and giving it to somebody else for profit, for money. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't understand is that when CPS or first law enforcement takes a child out of the custody of the parents, the state gets paid for that. In my case, I'm in right. Idaho. So when they took baby Cyrus, when the police officers forced baby Cyrus out of Mercer's hands, like you guys saw in the video earlier, the state of Idaho got paid for that. When they then take that baby and put the baby into foster care, they get paid again. When they keep that baby in foster care month after month after month, the state of Idaho gets monthly paychecks from the federal government for keeping baby Cyrus. And their goal is to keep him for years until they can put him into adoption. And they typically are now, guess who they're adopting these, these kids off to nowadays most often? I know the answer, but I think it's going to shock people. Go ahead. Uh, it's, it's people who are also on the sex offender roles and, and individuals that have no business being close to children. Well, those are the foster care parents they put them in. Right. So what people never believe is that foster care parents, many of them have history of sexual assault and being sexual predators. And as long as they don't have a recent offense within five years, they can still foster a parent. But when they adopt them out, they're mostly adopting them out to homosexual couples. So you can take my daughter, sure. who is a, uh, uh, you know, a beautiful young Christian lady raised with a homeschool family of five children. Her husband, same scenario, homeschool family of 11 children. These are Christian young people growing up in a Christian Bible-believing household and environment. Don't do drugs. They're not alcoholics. They live clean lives. They do everything right by the book according to the T because they, they live according to the Constitution and the fear of God and by the Bible. They can do nothing wrong, have their child forcefully ripped away from them at the point of a gun, and then have their tax dollars go to take that baby to put it into the hands of a homosexual couple to raise them up in a perverted home and environment. No, we, we you know, I, I think that regardless of people's viewpoint on homosexuality, that they really need to understand that what's going on here is the destruction of the family. And that's done intentionally. That's not, you know, that's, that's what's happening. And before I started interviewing you, I showed a video uh, from Nancy Schaefer, her presentation in Amsterdam, uh, and she was, she and her husband were murdered because they were going after these people. She published a report and lost her, her seat in the Georgia Senate and then was murdered. It's 100% so, right. So people, I mean, it, she talked about it being a $40 billion industry at that time.
So, so I don't I don't know what that number is today, but people so my oh go ahead. But people need to understand that this is this is real. We're not we're not kook conspiracy theorists with tinfoil hats on our head. Just as I just did a show about you know being called a conspiracy theorist, and oh guess what? You go back and you look at the facts, and guess who was right? Well, geez, it, we could talk about the election. We could talk about January sixth. You know, and this is another example of that. And um, I, I've got a, a doctor series coming out, and it's called High Treason. One of the clips that I use in that is Nancy Pelosi explaining how they purposely attack people with lies. And then they, she says they merchandise these lies. In other words, they have the media on their side to spread these lies so that the people looking at the mainstream media think, oh, well, the news said it, so it must be true. It must, you know, it must be uh, happening. So I think that all this stuff ties together in that the CPS going about this profit mill uh, and kidnapping kids who aren't being abused, either physically or emotionally, is all part of the effort to destroy our country and its foundations and, and family in particular. What do you think about that? Well, what could be more destructive at all than you absolutely having your life destroyed and ripped apart by having your children forcefully taken away from you? You know, most people who are parents and who are who have children, there is nothing in the world more right. valuable to any human being than their child. Explain to me how we have freedom or how we live in freedom if your most precious asset, and yes, I'll use the term asset, there's nothing that's more important to you than your child, not even your own life. There's, an, I don't know hardly any right. parent, whether you're Christian or not, who wouldn't sacrifice their own life for their child. Right. So that if the thing that matters most to you can be taken away from you, how do you live in freedom? How do you live right. in a free world? How do you live in a free society? It is absolute, this is, I have learned here is, and what I want everybody to hope to, to learn for yourselves, because if, if, listen, everybody listening here today, if you don't hear my words and you don't take heed to what I'm telling you, this will be you. There is not certain circumstances that were specific to us that you're going to avoid somehow. And if you avoid them somehow, then you're okay because you didn't do this bad because you didn't you do these things that Marissa and Levi did. There is no person in America who's safe. If you have a child you and you get within the purview of this system, they're coming after you and they will take your child and there's nothing you can do about it. And even if you try to stop, so I'll sacrifice my life, that's fine. They will kill you. Yeah. They threatened to kill me that night. Yeah. Okay. So they Who will kill that? you and they will protect themselves. They will absolutely protect themselves and there's and there's nothing you can do about it until after the fact. And, and, the and so the point is, go ahead. The truth, Diego, is that everybody already is a victim. What what I have found over the past two years is there really are not two parties. There are maybe five patriots in Washington, D.C. who really get it, who, who believe in our country's founding principles, who fight for it every day. The rest of them are all part of the Uniparty. They put on a big show for everybody to keep the status quo so that they can profit more and gain more power. And all of us are already victims, whether it's them taking our 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 taxes or property or it's people beating down the doors of moms in Colorado because they spoke up in uh, a school board meeting, literally FBI beating in the door, you know, dragging uh, one mom's teenage daughter up the steps by her hoodie. You know, this this stuff that's going on in our country, enough is enough and people need to stand up, not violently, but legally, you know, and that's that's why, you know, I ask you the question, what are your next steps? Are you are you fighting legally against these people? Are you seeking? We're absolutely fighting legally against them. But you made a really good point. Before I explain how we're fighting legally, you described these horrible stories. January 6th, you described, you know, the election. And same question you could ask there. Well, what, you know, Trump right. obviously has a whole lot more resources than I do. Uh, the people who are out there obviously have a whole lot more resources fighting January 6th. And yet, where's the justice? Right. Well, they're in right. jail. They're in right jail. There. Meanwhile, Jesse Smollett, who commits a hate crime, spends six days and gets out. You know, he's a convicted. He's convicted. Yeah. The people. So, in, yeah. So anyway. So, so there, right. there's an old saying here from none other than Thomas Jefferson. He says that when the uh, people feel the government, when the people fear the government, there's tyranny. And right. when the government fears the people, there is liberty. And we could ask ourselves that question. Everybody loves knows that quote. Yeah, we all yep. fired up about right. it. But what do we actually do about it? Because right. you can ask anybody, who fears who? You think they fear us? Not they do not fear us. 
We fear them. You fear the IRS. You fear CPS, FBI, law enforcement. People fear cops. Everybody fears fears the police officers because we no longer have this trusting relationship with the cops because of what you just said. Right. Who is it who is exacting this tyranny? It's not the politicians. They're right. responsible because they give the orders you know, and make the laws. But we have these cops who are going out there and doing it. Who's this cop dragging this girl up the right. with, a, with a Oh, lady? he's an FBI agent, actually. Which this are the, just, you know, yeah, federal cops, is, basically. So, this is 20 FBI people. So my point on that is this. They, people. This is 20 FBI agents who stormed this house. The yeah. mother was homeschooling her children at the time. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. So my point is this, is what we found is that these police officers, the judges, doctors, legislators, you know, those in the executive branch, they don't care about the law. They don't obey the law. Let's, they let's don't obey not, the Constitution. You know, Diego, let's not generalize, though, because we have to turn it around. And I, I've said this on my show a number of times. I used to fly the back the blue flag mm-hmm. i don't i don't anymore and the reason is because there are these people within the police there are these people within law enforcement these people within the fbi but that's not all of them we have to step back and say there are some people who who really get it a lot of people who really get it who are police officers but they're the ones that need to stand up to change this this culture even more so than the average citizen I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. And I, I not only do I agree wholeheartedly, but I've gone on record multiple times that my personal faith is that law enforcement is an institution ordained by God. But when individual law enforcement officers are not staying within their you know, God-given jurisdiction and boundaries, they have to be denounced. And like Ammon Bundy says, yeah. the police have to police the police, and right. they don't police themselves, and that's the problem. However, what I wanted to bring to everybody was a solution that we found that works. Because they don't obey the law, they don't care about the law, they don't follow the Constitution, they don't obey the Constitution. Judges, police, and those in the executive branch, legislative branch, who put their hand on the Bible and swear to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and they don't. And not only do they right. not defend it, they don't even know what it says. I dare you to give any one of them, a, you know, ask them what the Ten uh, Amendments are, the first Ten Amendments, the Bill of Rights. Just ask right. them. G- give them to me. I bet you they couldn't name more than four. I think you're and probably right, and that would that would also include our politicians in Washington, D.C. Got no clue. They have no clue about it. So they're totally clueless about what they're swearing an oath to defend with their hand on the Bible. But here's my point in all that. There's no way to get them to fear us except for one way. So there is one way we have found a peaceful method for getting all of these government tyrants to fear the people, and it's with either public shaming or public pressure. Publicity is the only last means of salvation we have. Look at what Project Veritas is doing and James O'Keefe, what they're doing. Right. That type of public shaming scares them into submission. When you have people like we have these police officers here in Idaho who are kidnapping children on a daily basis. What happened to us is not unique. It happens here four times a day, and Idaho is one of the smallest populations in the country, if one of the smallest populated states in the country kidnaps four babies a day let's get, by force. Let's get something else out of the way. You and I also would agree that there are cases in which the parents are abusing children and of course. they deserve to have their children taken away. So we're not we're not saying that that doesn't exist, are we? Of course not. Right. Of course that exists and of course there's a necessity for that. But here's the problem. Let's say that's 1%. And you have 99% of the time it's abuse. And so we always do this in America. We try to build the narrative off this incredibly small minority. And we often put that minority there in order to shield the wickedness mm-hmm. behind it. And everybody wants to focus on like on that, you know, like the yeah. abortion debate. Well, what about the one lady who got raped? What about that? Yeah. Instead of the yeah. 99.999% who aren't doing it. They're just You're doing right. it because of convenience. You're right. And so we've got to get that out of our head. Well, we gotta, we got to acknowledge that, though, so that we can't be accused of not recognizing the problem. So we recognize the problem, but that doesn't necessarily change the reality, does it? The reality is that you're... It doesn't change the reality, and right. here's the solution on that. Uh, the solution on that is to end federal financing of CPS, period. If you end the federal financing, then the states have to pay to protect children out of their own pocket. Right now... The states are incentivized to kidnap children, whether they're in danger or not. If I told you right now, I said, for every single blade of grass you pull out of the ground, I'm going to give you a dollar. What would you do all day long? 
you'd just be pulling blades of grass out of the ground, <laughs> exactly. right? But if I told you for every blade of grass you pull out of the ground, you're going to pay a dollar. You ain't going to pull any blade of grass out unless it's absolutely necessary. Right. And so what we're saying right now is we're telling all these uh, states, every child you take, you can make a million dollars off of them, up to a million dollars yeah. for every child you steal. They're looking for every single instance to do so. But if you tell them you can't do it at all, and when there is a child who has to be saved because there are genuinely abusive cases, it's so small. When you look at the statistics, it's unbelievable. But it does exist. Then guess what will happen? Two things will happen. One, the states will pay for it for themselves, but they'll make sure they only do it in those rare cases when it's absolutely needed. And then private charities will also step up to the plate to ensure that it's taken care of. And so that will solve basically yeah. the vast majority of all the problem overnight if we end federal financing, because right now people are incentivized. When I say people, I mean the states are right. incentivized. Well, that's why that's why that's why constitutionalists really emphasize the 10th Amendment. That's right. right. I mean, you, you, and so much of that has been watered down and taken away from the states that it leads to stuff like this. I think another example of profiteering would be putting people on ventilators, you know, and getting paid for that in the whole. It's COVID a perfect debacle. example. It's a perfect example. So it's yeah. And it's happening around us in so many different ways. And, you know, I just I just got done talking uh, to another person about how our country has changed. We've become. We've become the immediate gratification, immediate results expectancy society. When I was a kid, I literally took a field trip with my school to McDonald's because it was new and it was so cool that you got your food right away. This is when, you know, families ate around the table and it took an hour to make your dinner when you got home before microwaves even existed, you know, and it blows my youngest daughter's mind but you know before microwaves what would you do you know <laughs> right but but it's led to this immediate gratification i'm focused on me and i think people are blind to a lot of this stuff that's going on because they're so absorbed in their daily lives and you have to make the choice uh to do something about this because it needs to be your legacy all this stuff is our the all these are legacy issues so let me ask you this. You're talking about you've provided some great ideas for solutions. What about the penalty portion? What about the consequences portion? Do you have uh, <laughs> lawyers that are working for your daughter and her husband on, on these issues? Yes. So um, where we're going here from right now, where we're at now, is uh, there is supposed to be an adjudicatory hearing this Friday, which is the follow-up you know, um, court hearing. Um, which again, let's talk really quick. You're a constitutionalist. We all know that the Sixth Amendment of the Constitution, which no cops know, I dare you, I dare you to find a hundred cops and ask them what the Sixth Amendment says. I doubt one of them would know. But the Sixth Amendment guarantees us to a uh, quick and public trial, to a speedy and public trial. Right. Specifically, is the is the vocabulary used due process. in the Constitution? Um, due process, Fifth Amendment, and then of course in the Sixth Amendment, it guarantees us all the accused. We are guaranteed the right. Right to a speedy and public trial and trials have to be public because think about it if you can be prosecuted tried and sentenced all in secret then like what's going on january 6th what, there's, exactly, there's nothing exactly why here. i said that's exactly why i said due process because that's the first thing that came to my mind you have people sitting in there to this day you know with there's no due process they haven't got their day in court and if they do get a day in court then it's all a secret and it's hiding behind a shroud of secrecy and nobody right. knows what's going on and our founding fathers rightly knew and understood you can't have a court case in in secret because if you do that's a hundred percent guaranteed corruption it's impossible to have justice in secret it has to be in public otherwise exactly. there's nobody knows well guess what in family court brother when you go to family court all of it is in secret. Nobody knows what's going on. Only the uh, accused go in there with one attorney, and they had a team of two attorneys. The second one wasn't even allowed in, literally. They close the door, lock it. Nobody's allowed in. And before my daughter and son-in-law could leave that courtroom, they had to sign a, a gag order stating that they would not release any information, what was spoken about, what happened in those court proceedings, or anything that, that happened. And if they did not sign the gag order, they'd be arrested on the spot. Does that wow. sound constitutional to no, you? No, no. So that's what's going on, not in their case, in every single case in America that's a CPS case. So all of our rights are destroyed and trampled upon. So, yes, you got those issues. And, of course, there's what happened there with the uh, 
the police as well. And the entire process is proven, demonstrated. We have all the facts and evidence. It was all fraudulent. It was all fake. The child was not in imminent danger. The laws were broken. You know, the state constitution was broken. The U.S. Constitution was broken. So right now, they're just focused, the legal team. And boy, these things, they're expensive. They're difficult. They're long. I think most people don't realize how complicated it is to, to recover after something like this. The emotional damage, the financial damage, you can't work when this is going. So at the same time, you have medical expenses shooting through the roof, legal expenses shooting through the roof. You're not working. Imagine right now that your, your income went to zero just overnight. Right. And then you have more expenses than you ever had in your life and brand new expenses. So when people tell you that, you know, it cost them 100, 200, we've had people tell me here in Idaho, they spent $500,000 with CPS uh, fighting in the legal system to get their children back. And after three, four or five years, they've still never seen their kids. And they've gone through all their savings, burned through money from their friends, run up all their credit cards, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and still haven't seen their kids. This is how destructive this is, just so people know. Right. Um, so we are fighting, we have a team of attorneys. Fortunately, there was a give, send, go campaign started. And so people helped to donate to the cause. You can see all that at freedomman.org forward slash Cyrus. That's freedomman.org forward slash Cyrus. And there's a donate button right there. And that's where that was going on. But we are going to first fight to get baby Cyrus back. Once baby Cyrus is back, and once we have him outside of the state's clutches, then what you were describing there, then there's lawsuits. There's civil lawsuits. There's criminal lawsuits because crimes have been committed on a federal and state level by police officers, by CPS, by the doctors. There's potentially even... Uh, federal RICO suit because this is basically comes under the purview of racketeering since mm -hmm. multiple agencies were all working together for the cause of profiting because they were all profiting. The judge gets paid from CPS. The Idaho Department of Health and Welfare gets paid when this happens and they run CPS. The hospital gets paid and it appears as connections that the police get paid as well. Everybody who is part of stealing and kidnapping babies gets paid from that action of stealing and kidnapping the babies. So they all work together in conjunction, conspiring against individual families at any moment or any instant because they get paid to do so. Well, people should be people should be downright angry about this because while they get paid, the parents, they get shamed, they get lied about, they, they lose their reputation, they lose money fighting the legal fight, they lose their child, of course, it's the biggest one. Now, uh, Nancy Schaefer, she talked about three fathers that she knew of committing suicide. And that was just her that she knew so, of. And I bet one, there, there are tons more out there that that are that statistic I would be interested in learning. Uh, so Nancy Schaefer, what she did was incredible. And I've just learned about her in the last three weeks. And she was an incredible woman. She went to the extent to try to find out, she was following the money trail. And we're trying to do that right now. We're, we, we have legislative inquiry into the uh, attorney general's office and into the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare, and they're stonewalling. They won't give us the info. It's all hidden in big budget numbers. So you can't see how much each individual child is worth. You have, you have to try to figure it out and do your own math. And you who gets the payment? When is the payment made? How's it coming? They won't let us know. Nancy Schaefer was the one who got closest to following the money trail. And when she got too close, she ended up with a bullet in her body. Her and her husband were both dead. They killed her because what you said earlier is right. We're not talking about $10,000 and $20,000. This is a multi-billion dollar child trafficking industry, right. all subsidized by American taxpayer dollars. Most people don't know it's you guys are paying for this for everyone right. who's watching. And to make it worse for those who are age citizens what i just learned here recently guess where the money actually comes from it comes from social security so they are taking money that is supposed to go to our aged citizens from the social security fund and they are taking billions of dollars from that fund to kidnap children in the largest child trafficking ring in the history of the world yeah and it is the world that's the other thing that she found is it's not just idaho it's not just one, two states. It's all states, and beyond that, it's it's global. This this whole thing, like you said, it's the largest child uh, trafficking ring ever, and the the consequences, you know, too big to even imagine what the consequences have been. Not only for the parents, but for the children as well, who are pulled away from their rightful parents. Just disgusting. Um, 
I'm glad you have the courage, though, to stand up and to speak out. I want to thank you for being on the show. I'd love to have you back to learn, keep us updated on on what's going on. Uh, I put your website on the screen. Again, that's freedomman.org. It looks like this if you're watching, so you can uh, check it out. Um, Diego, thanks a lot. If there's ever anything I can do to help bring more light to what you and your family are going through, I'd be more than happy to do it. so thanks again, and we'll see you again soon, I hope. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having us on, letting us get the message out. We appreciate you very much. Thank you. Hey, Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR, or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields that even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patriot Review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation ebook free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description. You can also learn more by watching episode 62 of the Patriot Review. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. I would like to extend a welcome again, as I did during the interview, to anybody on the other side of this story. You'd like to be on to talk about it. You are welcome to uh, contact me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com, and uh, we'll have you on. Right now, let's close out the show by taking a look at Baby Cyrus, a video produced by his uncle. Thank you. God bless. We'll see you next time. So many different prayers I'll pray for all that you might do, but most of all I want to know you're walking in the truth. And if I never told you, I want you to know that as I watch you Thank you.